The Mac Dad will make you jump, jump, and Mac and me will make you wretch, wretch. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Dare Daniel Podcast, where you send us your most sinister movie dares, and we suffer the consequences for your amusement. I'm Corky McDonald, and I barely made it through this fucking thing. <laughs> With me, as always, is my man, film critic, Daniel Barnes. Yeah, and if it sounds a little loud in here, if you hear some revelry in the background, it's because we're at a crazy McDonald's birthday party. <laughs> A choreographed dance number with an alien robot bear is there is a dancing right football now. team. <laughs> Three football in full pads. They did not just come in their uniforms. They came straight from practice. To dance. To dance. Uh, but yeah, if it sounds a little loud, it's because we're recording this at Sac City Brews in Tahoe Park in Sacramento. Talek Village in Tahoe Park in Sacramento to get super, super granular with it. Yeah. Uh, so you might hear some noise in the background. You might hear me shouting for what seems like no reason. But trust me, buddy, there's a reason. Yeah. Uh, but as Corky said earlier, on this show, we do your dirty work by watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine. You dirty, dirty, dirty dogs, you. And then we review and rate them on our unique system. A run-of-the-mill bad film, we rate a dare. Double dare goes to the truly atrocious movies, and we reserve the reverse dare for those despised movies that are actually pretty good. Today on the podcast, we will be reviewing the abysmal 1988 E.T. ripoff, Mac and Me. But before we get started, Daniel's going to tell you the beer he's drinking, I'm going to tell you the beer I'm drinking, and then never the twain shall meet. Never. Never shall those twain meet. I don't know what you're drinking. What are you drinking? I'm drinking uh, um, Kids These Haze. Oh, Northwestern IPA. As luck would have it, I'm having the exact same thing. It's by Breakside from Portland, Oregon, or Bend, Oregon, somewhere in Oregon. Yeah, one of the Oregon. That's for sure. It's a 6.2% hazy IPA. Kind of a low alcohol, a very drinkable, nice, sessionable beer. Not super cloudy. It's fantastic, by the way. So this movie came to us dared from Liam. Listener Liam. You know Liam? I have no idea who Liam is, so that is why I have... Assume that he is Liam Gallagher. I assume so. I assume that Liam Gallagher... And that this movie is in some way a wonder wall? <laughs> is that possible? Well, maybe. <laughs> You're going to be the one that saves me on this one, Dan. There's some morning glory in there somewhere. <laughs> There's a champagne supernova happening in my pants <laughs> right, right now. now. But if it was Liam Gallagher, I imagine Noel just right crossed him as soon as he sent this to us. But his dare went like this. Actor Paul Rudd has a running bit on Conan O'Brien where he plays a scene from Mac and Me instead of one from the film he's there to promote. Being a lover of bad movies, the clip definitely spoke to me, but unfortunately is the one and only highlight of the film. Then again, it is an amazing scene. Enjoy. The IMDb synopsis for this movie. An alien trying to escape from NASA is befriended <laughs> by a wheelchair-bound boy. It's never clear that it's NASA. No, That is not never. at all clear. Highly suspect IMDb. Yeah, so Mac and Me, it was co-written and directed by Stuart Raphil, who apparently directed not only the 1980s terrible movie Ice Pirates, but also directed a lot of TV commercials from the 80s. But Mannequin 2. Mannequin 2 on the move. Which I'll never uh, understand why they didn't make the sequel to Mannequin called Mannequin. Just 
complete the trilogy already. <laughs> Don't Man leave me hanging again. two out of three. <laughs> Don't do that to me. But it seems as though Stuart Raphael was not necessarily the artistic. Yeah. Stuart Raphael fans in the Stuart house. Stuart fans. <laughs> but it seems as though the real artistic, if you want to call it that, driver behind this movie was producer R.J. Lewis, who pitched it as a cross-promotional endeavor with McDonald's, with no. funding from Golden State Foods, a distributor associated with McDonald's. The film is larded with product placement, especially McDonald's and Coca-Cola. Maybe Coca-Cola more than McDonald's. Coca-Cola is seen as some sort of a life-saving elixir. Yes. <laughs> like, like a late 19th century like traveling salesman mountebank would pitch it. <laughs> Cures all, cures all. So, but also Dr. Phineas J. Coca Cola's magic elixirs. Right, it does the body good. But also Sears, Skittles, Wix Furniture makes an appearance. And Sumitomo Bank, absolutely. Montgomery Wards. Ronald himself makes a cameo, and there is a dance sequence set inside of McDonald's. The lead actor is Jade Caligori, who is actually has spina bifida in real life and uses a wheelchair and he's actually plays a disabled kid in the movie and uh, that's kind of the one really progressive thing about this movie and it also has ties to ronald mcdonald house uh, charity nice no not nice it's terrible quirky <laughs> mac stands for mysterious alien creature that's the mac of mac and me and the entire film is a very obvious attempt to repeat the success of et the extraterrestrial did it work Suspense? No, it didn't. Zero on Rotten Tomatoes. Zero. Earned. Zero. One of only several dozen movies ever. Some would say perhaps too high a rating. (laughs) Almost too high. That's based on 24 reviews. Dave Kerr of the Chicago Tribune said, quote, Mac and Me is a 99-minute commercial occasionally interrupted by a not-so-good children's movie. The film premiered on August 12, 1988 on 1,314 screens. Domestic gross of six point four million, which seems crazy How? high. Budget of thirteen million. Opened at eleventh place. That six point four million was just some like mad millionaire who's like <laughs> renting out whole movie theaters. <laughs> Take that, America! <laughs> Opened at eleventh place at the box office. The big hit that week was the debut of a little film called Young Guns. Mm. Yeah, the film Mac and Me was nominated for four Golden Raspberry Awards. It won for Worst Director and Worst New Star Ronald McDonald. Yeah, that's fucked up. Corky, as I said, this movie has a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. There's sure. only like three dozen movies that have 20 or more reviews and have a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. As you know, I am a tomato meter approved critic. Right. I have the chance to change this movie's fate. I have the chance to give this movie a fresh rating, take it off of the zero pile, guide me, guide me in here, be my wise, wise, disgusting, horrifying alien. Well, you are tomato meter. What do I do? Approved. You are. We we know that you're wearing your tomato, tomato suit meters right have now. approved me. Yes, tomato meters the world over. I'm literally above the law. <laughs> I do not need a passport to travel between the countries law of anymore. man does not apply to a tomato meter approved critic. None of this. <laughs> you you got to hold this on a hard line zero. I, I had an hard existen- line zero. I zero had an existential crisis watching this movie. <laughs> I was in a hotel room in San Jose. I was doing sure. a stay over two <laughs> nights in San Jose. Uh, that's not recommended. I watched this before a show in San Jose. I didn't want to go do my show. <laughs> 
I came back and cried afterwards finishing my notes to this. Yeah, this movie is horrifying. It's quite disturbing. It's upsetting in every way. It's crass. It's it's disgusting. It's un-American. It's all too American. I kind of dug it. Oh. No, I really didn't. It's okay. awful. Let's yeah. get into it. Okay. Mac and Me. That's your movie. Mac and Me. Released by MGM and Orion in 1988. Really the peak for both of those great labels. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Does not feel like it was shot in 1988. I could find no information on this. It's got a strong 1985 kind of feel to it. Do you agree? <laughs> I would say no. Maybe it's just hanging on to Morning in America. I, I got to say no on. just because a couple of the teen actors in it <laughs> were prepubescent in 1985 in Charles in Charge and Can't Buy Me Love. <laughs> they were full puberty in this one. So, no, time did progress. Fair enough. I- I'm noted. Your tomato meter approved. I'm puberty meter approved. There's a <laughs> That's upsetting. We critique all of that. <laughs> did I just admit that on, on the podcast? Yes, you did. So the visuals, I mm. and, uh, agree or disagree. Again. Horrifying from the first moment. The first time light hits your eyes. I, I think not only does this movie just copy E.T., it blatantly just... It uses the same effects E.T. as the stunning, <laughs> stellar special effects. We, we open on a planet that can only be described as planet map painting. <laughs> There's dirt on the ground and a map painting of a skyline behind them. Genitalist alien figures, nude genitalist a- alien figures struggle across rough terrain. We're <laughs> it is... It is utterly horrifying. We're utterly to, horrifying. Which do we want to dissect first? I don't know. The way the I want to dissect look? the aliens and find out what makes them work. How do they procreate? They look like Jerry Stackhouse, <laughs> <laughs> but stretched out and on a crash diet. They're genitalists. They walk like Fred Sanford. Did you notice that? Yes. They, they're very bow-legged. They kind of waddle they're back and very forth. very bow-legged. Like they're going to say the big one is coming any moment, Elizabeth. They basically, all the aliens look like naked old men. They mm. have saggy, blotchy skins. They have bald heads. Yeah. They have wrinkles everywhere. They're very pot-bellied. They're very sunken chested. Their mouth and, and and none of these features move, but their mouth no. is in their the mouth shape. is in a constant pucker. Yes, which I think is the only reason they chose to make this movie so heavily about sucking <laughs> fluids through a straw was because the masks were built. That's the only with thing a they one can do. inch diameter hole and as they a mouth. Talk through whistling. Yes, yes. That's the crazy thing about this. Like, oh, there's so many crazy things about this movie, but. It's all based on like corporate synergy. So obviously there was like research and stuff. And where is the research that said what children want is some kind of an anus mouth old man alien? Who, where is like, you know what kids love? Like- kids love dour looking sea monkeys that are life size that waddle like Fred Sanford. They're obviously meant to replicate various parts of E.T., mm-hmm. of Yoda. Of R2-D2 with all the whistling yeah, and all the noises right. and stuff. The ones that we came up with, Nosferatus, <laughs> Pan's Labyrinths, Sea Monkeys was another Very one that Pan's we came Labyrinth. up with. Yeah, they are utterly terrifying. They have, But they have these giant googly eyes, immobile faces. 
And apparently they're on some barren desert planet where there's some, no water. There's no other even of their entire species. Yes. It's just this sort of genderless nuclear family. However, this barren desert <laughs> sand and rock infested <laughs> planet has a blue sky with clouds as the atmosphere, which are only evidence of life. Tells us that those clouds have water in them. Yes. You cannot have a blue sky without water on your planet. And yet, the nominal father of this little family, this four-person, four-alien family, the old man-alien family, is sucking some sort of fluid through a straw out of rocks. Yes. Yes. They are barely hanging on. <laughs> barely hanging on. <laughs> But into their world comes Corky. I know you love it when I throw things to you. What? Uh, a rover. I'm not going to say from NASA. It's just a rover lands has, on the planet. It has an American flag on it. That has an Is American it from NASA? flag. I'm going to say no because they did not get the licensing from NASA. Oh, yeah. NASA was like, no, no fucking way. Yeah. Coca-Cola was on board. NASA was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> this American flag rover lands, starts probing around sucks the aliens into a vacuum it sucks the little baby first who we right. don't That's, really come to know as mac but we assume turns out as mac i yeah. guess no one ever refers to him as that did you ever all. see that video of the guy on the aircraft carrier where the the air force jet takes off and it fires up the engines and he gets sucked into the engine i did not well they, they said that guy survived i don't know how he did because his leg <laughs> went behind his ear but that's what the, it looked like when they all get sucked into the probe. That footage of the guy getting sucked into the Air Force jet. So on the you're crab. saying that was super based on reality. <laughs> I think, yes. Because it did not seem that way. They just get sucked into a vacuum cleaner hose. I think the Air Force guy was like, hey, let's recreate Mac and me. You stand next <laughs> to the jets. I'm going to fire them on. Alan Silvestri music plays. I was Woo! stunned to see that name. Th this whole movie is all about trying to replicate pieces of et the extraterrestrial the score is almost exactly the score just horrifying <laughs> and awful that's the, like just like et yeah except it gives you fucking nightmares <laughs> <laughs> that's like the log line for this movie that's the elevator pitch for e. this movie but with nightmares et but your children are scarred for life et extra terrifying <laughs> so we get a land of the lost style look of a spaceship flying through space and now I guess we're on Earth, and the military's going to military. Yeah, because they're nervous at a base where they're they checking out the probe. Back, a helicopter lands at some sort of a military facility. Science guys are sciencing all over the place. There's a ten minute scene of them trying to figure out what's inside. Just like, oh my god, they're that goes on so long. Well, they're trying to build tension. It's like we know like, what's inside. We know. Like, stop pulling out rocks. Apparently, the aliens have electrical abilities. Yeah, they just pop out of the thing. There's, the, you're, of course, there's Spielbergian steam and backlight. And like you said, they have these really strange and inconsistent telekinetic powers where they can just smash right through stuff. They can electrocute stuff just by touching it. They can electrocute like doors that don't have any electricity in Nothing. Them. <laughs> they can just like electricity, boosh, bam, electricity. But you can also like hug and kiss them. Sure. Yeah. They're, Which mean, seems super unadvisable. But there's a lot of things in this movie that seem unadvisable. But we should say there's never any full shot of Mac. Mac is always obscured by half of something. Right. So you can't see the puppet hands moving oh him. God, or, it's so awful. It's bad. Mac is the baby. There's essentially a, a mother and a father 
there's no genders for any no, of these, but no. there's a mother and a father, yeah. and there's a, li- a little girl, and then there's a baby boy, and the baby boy is Mac. And Mac looks like if David Cronenberg was doing a kid's movie. <laughs> it so is. It so freaking is. So they all escape from whatever compound they're at. But they get separated. They get separated. Mac is on his own, and the family is on their own. Well, first, Mac escapes the facility. Yeah. He gets electrocuted by a fence. Oh, my God, yes. He tries to get out. He gets savagely electrocuted. He gets like run over. Like the Green Mile level savagely <laughs> electrocuted, okay? Like, it's horrifying. He's, this is our adorable puppet that we're yeah. supposed to fall in love with, <laughs> who is sometimes a puppet, is sometimes a stop-motion animation creature, and is sometimes a very small person in a suit. And it's always And disturbing. sometimes is a reanimated golem <laughs> yes. of, of my nightmares and worst fears. The <laughs> part he where gets he gets electrified <laughs> on the fence and somehow stretches out. He just stretches. Like he's disappearing into the mouth of madness. <laughs> but then he flies out from the fence, gets smashed by a speeding car, falls from the car onto a tree. This all causes a gigantic car wreck. A Blues Brothers level. Many people car pile are up. dead. Yes. <laughs> this is like it is Man of Steel level, just like collateral damage all over the place. People get seriously hurt in this movie, and then are like, "I'm fine. It's good." But it's good to know right away that like this sensitive alien that you're supposed to absolutely fall in love with cannot be hurt in any way. Sure, right. <laughs> He survives electrocution and several car wrecks. Yeah, he's run over by several cars. Like, we do not need to worry about him at all. His safety is totally fine. It's good to establish that up front. Establish so that right away. Literally no hey, stakes. everyone, no tension at all. Rest easy. So now we're introduced to Christina Ebersol and her two children in the car with her. They're driving a, a Volkswagen van. Yeah. Uh, Mac just leaps right into the window. And in the van, as you said, there's the mother. That's Christine Ebersol. There's the older brother, Michael or something. Mike. Mike. And then there's the younger brother who Eric. is Eric. Eric Cruz. This is the Cruz family. Yeah. And Eric, as we said, is played by Jade Caligori. Can we talk about Eric for a bit? Please. So in the IMDb synopsis, it says wheelchair-bound boy. You mentioned he has spina bifida. He's yes. actually in a wheelchair. It feels like that was the only reason he was cast in yes. this role because this is the worst actor of all time. He whines every oh, line. He I, I, I wrote down some of the like. I understand you whine because your older brother's teasing you. I understand you whine because you want them to believe you that Mac exists. You don't whine that you are gonna fix a snack. Yes. I'm making breakfast. <laughs> He is the worst. He's not very good. Nothing. His tone is the same. If he's scared, if he's being mischievous, if he's happy. he did not go on to do anything else. Right. I think he did an episode of Kids Incorporated. It's on my pubertymeter.com. Kids Incorporated. No one Google that. No one. (laughs) Yeah, do not Google that. Do not Google that. So Mac leaps into the van. He steals Eric's Coca-Cola. And it's just like, I love Coca-Cola. Yeah. Coca-Cola gets so much love in this movie. It's and insane. This, this is the first of like 30 minutes of Mac being literally one foot from somebody and them not knowing he's not there. knowing. And this goes on for like several days. So we cut. Now we cut to Mac's family 
is somewhere in a desert. They've just wandered into the goddamn desert. They're just wandering through the desert. It's like, what's here? Nothing. And they look so sad. They just, <laughs> just look so disturbing. In this empty, barren desert that looks like a, a Pink Floyd And they're just lurching around. There and they all have this very emaciated form. It's yeah. just like... Jesus, God. I was expecting someone to walk on and go for a price of a cup of coffee. <laughs> you could feed this family of aliens. So the Cruz family is moving from some city to some city. It's never really clear. Now, wait. It's extremely clear. They wear Chicago on their chest on their walls in every corner of the frame is some sort of a Chicago logo. And he mentions Al Capone a couple times. <laughs> The Sears Tower gets as much love as The Comiskey as Sears. family. <laughs> yes. Mrs. O'Leary's cow is somehow comes Abe into Froman. it at the end. <laughs> Sausage king of Chicago. <laughs> but yes, they're moving from Chicago to L.A. It, it's implied they drive through Sacramento at some point. because you see right? a You see a highway sign that says Sacramento. Okay. So shout out. They drive for like a whole day with Mac in the car, and apparently he emits no odor, even though all he eats is McDonald's and fucking Coke. Well, NASA you is know that's a stank ass alien. <laughs> stank ass. Alien. You know that. Oh yeah, he's ripping big alien farts in the back of that van. They move into this house, and literally no one notices Mac, even though he is making no attempt. The mom to hide. walks right by him. They w- walks right by him. At one point. The brother is like doing something in his this room. Part. Mac walks into the. He puts on sunglasses. Mac walks into the room, takes off the sunglasses. Oh, Mac's gone. Okay, well, I'll put the sunglasses back on. Oh, there's Mac again. Takes the sunglasses off, and then there's the mom. Glasses? That's not gonna make <laughs> you see aliens. Later on, somebody sees Mac and checks his glasses. <laughs> Everyone in this movie thinks it's just their glasses. It's like some the, the worst day live <laughs> reboot ever. You put on those glasses and you see Mac and me you everywhere. Just see Mac. We see Mike in his room setting up. Then we see Eric in his room, and he forlornly looks at a photo of a happy family. That because of the age of the kids, again, puberty meter rated, the age of the kids in this photo <laughs> could not have been taken very long ago. No. Mom, the two kids, and there's a man, yeah. runs his thumb over the dad. Do you get it? Yeah. Do you get it? And the- Mac later picks it up and rubs his thumb <laughs> over the dad. But what I love is that in the picture... In the picture, there is a Dosecchi's ad. <laughs> there is product placement in their family photos. Their family photos are pro- <laughs> sponsored family photos. This is like Subway from Community. <laughs> they just like were purchased by a corporation. I also love that the dad in that photo, he looks like the jauntiest dad of all <laughs> he time. He's, so. he's got a driving scarf on. <laughs> he's sitting in the driving <laughs> scarf on chapeau on his head driving straight towards a Dad heart attack was so jaunty <laughs> he was too jaunty eric's noticing some suspicious behavior around the house his tv gets electrocuted and he sees the shower is turned on the shower- he's following footprints like a kalahari bushman around <laughs> his house the there's a little girl named debbie i think i i called her gladys kravitz because <laughs> she, <laughs> she was the neighbor who noticed all the weird behavior but she's just sitting there wearing an indian headdress when they move when they, they first move in yeah, she's in a while teepee. he's chasing mac out of the shower uh we just see some prints leading away and and mac isn't there but the little girl debbie is overlooking it and she says yeah i saw this little thing he was really cute yeah and then there's this very awkward dialogue where Ugh. the kid is like, my brother? And then she's like, well, you got a really weird looking brother. 
Like, what is he? Could you Hewitt imagine directing that scene and be like, yep, we got it. That's good. We nailed it. We nailed it. We're done. Tatum O'Neill, Anna Paquin, move over. We got a new youngest Oscar winner ever. But yeah, it is ridiculous. No one notices this alien who is just wandering freely around the house for the entire day. Yeah. And all of that night, too. The older brother is working with some sort of a power saw. <laughs> Again, we're setting up future what? events for Mac. The teen is just working a power saw in the kitchen as you do. <laughs> On the night that you move into a new time zone. And nobody believes Eric about this creature around the house. Uh, well, uh, Even though Mike's crazy. seen it. He saw it. Mike has seen it he with those it. glasses. That was my funny glasses malfunctioning. So now it's nighttime. Mac is on the outside watching through the window like he's the Golden State Killer or something like that. <laughs> and they cut back to his family now, still in the goddamn desert. And yeah, he's crying. And they do this whole thing where he oh, yeah. he whistles for the family and cups his hands. It's like an alien communication thing. You don't know if they're five miles away, a hundred miles away, another planet away, but they hear the whistle. For some reason... The next morning, Eric wakes up, and Mac is driving his remote control car around. Yeah. Well, Mac has, of course, electrical powers. Remember? Because he turns on the TV, That's too, right. even though it's not plugged in. But Eric comes out in the hallway. He's in his chair, and the, the race car is revving at him. And now we're doing not just E.T., we're doing Duel. We're doing all Spielberg movies now. <laughs> With a little touch of The Shining in there as <laughs> well, right? Oh, I wrote The Shining because <laughs> we're playing chicken with this wheelchair in the remote control car. And then all of a sudden, what comes through the wall? A freaking power drill. A power drill comes just right comes through the wall and just starts stabbing through the wall. Mac brought the outdoors inside the house. The entire house is a desert oasis. Mom walks in and goes... Eric, <laughs> my wheelchair-bound child coated the entire floor in sand and then plant like this isn't a thing anyone can do. Let's break down this this fucking decor though. No because humans can do this. There's a deer head with antlers that Mac put on a sawhorse and covered <laughs> with a bearskin rug to look like a deer. How does he know what a deer is? <laughs> he has no clue. The other thing is the. Now there's cricket noises. There were not cricket noises before. <laughs> the second he goes out of the living room, cricket noises die down. <laughs> but yeah, mom is just exasperated. Ah, Eric, Eric, how could you? Eric continually like, blames it on the creature, right? Yeah. So Eric follows him outside. He sees this trail of flowers wherever Matt goes, which is another E.T. thing, right? Yep. Which is plants. Coming oh, that's to right. Life. Yeah. Suddenly Eric's wheelchair. I don't know how this happens. This exactly. is amazing. It just starts flying down the cliff. A steep, starts, there, steep cliff. Did we mention that in this suburban Los Angeles uh, backyard, there's a cliff? I hate when I move into a house that's built on the canyon from Temple of Doom. <laughs> I hate that. Because that's right behind the house of Mac and me. But sure enough, he just rolls right down the cliff, tries to stop, boom, brake falls off, and he just butch and sun dances it right off the freaking <laughs> cliff. But of course, if you watch any of those Paul Rudd yes. appearances on Conan O'Brien, it is so obviously a body double There's as soon a as he flies off the into cliff, a chair. It's just horrible. Falls into the water, and then a superimposed shot of the back of Mac's head pops up. He just pops up. Mac leaps into the water, pulls Eric, just pushes him right out of the... Mom has come down and is like, oh, my God, because Debbie yeah. saw all of this. 
So mom comes down now and is watching as Eric just rises from the water Christ-like. <laughs> Max slips away and Eric is like, hey, did you see Did you see the alien? And mom's like, Eric, how could you? <laughs> how could you? How could you? What? The- this next part, though, is my favorite part of the movie now. Eric is in bed recuperating. <laughs> Dr. Spichemin is taking his there temperature. Is a, this, in a movie about space aliens coming to the uh, another planet, this is the most unbelievable that a doctor in a suit makes a house call on the first day this kid lives in this yes. town. So remembering that this is a child with spina bifida. Yes. Wheelchair bound his entire life. He just fell off a cliff. Yes. Like a hundred foot cliff yes. into the water. What does the doctor do? He puts a pen in front of his eyes, left, right, quote, fine. <laughs> fine! Then Dr. Feelgood pulls some pills out of his pocket, slips them to Eric, says these will help with your nerves. Well, he's, first he takes the family out of the room and says, I want to talk about yeah, yeah. some of these things you've been seeing. You've been seeing a little man. Yeah, I saw this little man. I mean, Eric just gives up the goods right away. Right, Eric, Eric, just- Eric narks all over Mac. <laughs> narks all over Mac. He gives Mac And the doctor's off. like, I'm going to give you a mild sedative. Eric is like, I'm into that. He pops those things like you, super quick. The doc is just one step away from dipping his pinky into a baggie of white powder <laughs> yes, and be like, you want to taste? This is Tony Bosch and Biogenesis all over again. <laughs> he bounces. This kid, He's just Eric- like, I'm out. <laughs> I got other kids to see. <laughs> I got other kids to In drug. In gated community, yo. <laughs> he bounces like peace. He gets out of there. This kid who apparently just had a suicide attempt on his first day in a new town. Sure, bring two more kids in to visit him. Hey, how you doing? I'm glad you're okay. So Eric Debbie is, comes in. Yes, Debbie and her big sister come in. Her big sister, do we ever get your name? Courtney. Courtney. Big I know- sister Courtney who is wearing... A McDonald's a outfit. A McDonald's outfit. Oh, my God. She wears that for the rest of the movie. The entire movie, she's wearing a McDonald's outfit. And let me tell you, those slacks do not leave a lot for the imagination. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I am incredibly imaginative. <laughs> but, yeah, they invite him to the big party at McDonald's. More on that later. I have a whole section in my notes. Party at McDonald's. Mike and Courtney bump into each other in the hallway, and there is H-O-T-S hots happening. Well, I mean, he sees the slacks. He <laughs> sees the slacks. Is that fry later <laughs> I smell on you? Is that fry grease I smell on you? I'm just saying, I thought we saw some camel toes in Ishtar, but <laughs> that was nothing. And Debbie, as she's leaving, says, why don't you stop by for a Big Mac? Oh, that's right. Just had to squeeze that. I mean, it felt really natural. That's right. Really, if, if it feels good, say it. Debbie, <laughs> we're going to need you to work. Like, Debbie's the one. They knew, got it. We're going to need you to work some products in. filet of fish Big Mac. We had no issues with Debbie. Eric was a nightmare. <laughs> but we had no issues with Debbie. <laughs> so, yeah, Eric wakes up the next morning, and his brother is like, oh, you're up? Would you like a tuna sandwich? A t- it, what's this at 30 in the morning? Who's <laughs> eating tuna sandwiches, you psychopath? But yeah, so mom's going to go to her new job. Remember, they just moved from Chicago yeah. to Los Angeles. So they drive to her new job. Where's her new job at? Sears. Sears. The corporate office. No, just a Sears. She's, there's Sears. It's 
eight. There's Sears everywhere. She works in like There's, women's You uprooted your goods. entire family. Like, can you imagine what the kids would think? Like, Sears? Mom, there was a Sears like a half mile from our house? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Chicago was kind of known for having Sears headquarters. We have there. a tower? <laughs> I don't know. It's literally the biggest building in the world. Have you heard of it? The Se- <laughs> Sears Tower, Bob? So they decide that they're going to bait Mac with Coca-Cola because, my God, does that Mac love him some Coca-Cola. So How do they know that? They didn't know Mac was in the car with them. No, no but he loves that Coca-Cola. They loves it. So they bait him with Coke. Uh, Debbie, the neighbor girl, she just Eric's, walks in. Eric's on the phone calling the doctor again. Hey, you got any more of those green pills you gave me? She walks into the window, opens it from the outside. Is that a good idea? <laughs> but yeah, they decide that their plan now is that they're going to get a vacuum and they're going to trap Mac with Coca-Cola and suck him into a vacuum. So Mac's first two encounters with humanity, getting sucked into a vacuum. Would you not want to kill all of all of everyone with your electrical, I can start fires powers? No, yes. <laughs> yes, you would. Deb shows up with her crimped hair. She's there. They got the vacuum ready. She's ghostbustering it. She's got it on her back. They catch Mac in the thing. Well, but first, Deb goes full Pazuzu on this because she is possessed. She's They're bouncing this little girl up and down in the room. Well, they get him into the bag. Yes. But then Mac just like yanks her around the oh, floor. Oh, was it Mac doing up that? Up the wall, on the ceiling, this whole kind of thing. He's just dragging her everywhere. They suck him in, but he's got magic electrical powers sometimes. So Mac is in the bag. He comes out. He is very hurt by the vacuum. But don't worry, because they give him Coca-Cola, and that heals him. And it, well, Debbie says, it must be like what they drink on their home planet, which is some, <laughs> a weird backstory for Coke. <laughs> yeah, you know uh, where this comes from? No, carbonated sugar? No, nope. Uh, it's uh, basically water sucked out of rocks on a home planet for genitalist Benjamin Button aliens. It's almost literally the plot of a Futurama episode <laughs> for Slurms McKenzie. <laughs> The house is now magically fixed. Mac just fixed the house. The mom walks in. She just goes, thanks, kids. <laughs> then we're treated to a five-minute jogging montage. The child fell off a cliff yesterday. They go out jogging. And they go. we almost are treated to their entire jogging trip. Yes, like, because as soon as Mac gets launched into that tree, they just jog right by him yeah and a power ballad starts peter satara light <laughs> a peter satara light power ballad but what's this day dan this is the big day this is the big day this is mcdonald's day this is birthday party day but we see the government guys evil government oh, right. guys are chasing them remember because mac is an alien they got to find the alien they're not looking for the three aliens that are just literally sitting in a desert waiting to get caught Desperately trying to get caught. No, they're surveilling this family out in the Los there Angeles suburbs. There are men suburbs. in black showing up to this woman's house being like, we need to talk to people. And she's like, I got to go to work. My kids are alone. Fine. The kid who tried to commit suicide yesterday, <laughs> who's having a crisis, seeing creatures. He's on sedatives. <laughs> so that's good. But these guys are out of their car. They're surveilling. They're doing a little stakeout. One of them at one point says into his mic, this is 100 X-ray. Later on, somebody else says, this is J3. Can we get some kind of standardized naming for the code name, guys? <laughs> They're just making it up every time. Just saying a word and a number. That's not, that doesn't do anything. 
So now Mac is inside the house, and they what Debbie says to him, oh, Mac's sick. He has a disgusting cold. He looks no different than he's looked the entire movie. He looks like the entire he's time. He's looked but he's covered the in entire movies. He's covered in used Kleenexes. Agents now know that Mac is there for some reason. They just know it. So they're, but they're all going to go to this amazing party at McDonald's, right? Eric's getting picked up by Debbie's mom. Okay. Eric runs into the house to get Mac and comes out with what is obviously Mac. He's dressed as a giant teddy bear. But this is not like a teddy he's bear. A bear. He's just wearing the skin. He's doing a furry sort of a thing. He's just yeah. wearing the skin of like a, a bear. I, Where Buffalo, the fuck did Eric get Buffalo this thing? Bill wore <laughs> skin like, less creepy that was, than this. That was upsetting. You know what I mean? I'm going to dress like Mac and me. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, oh that's not a great big fat bear. Oh, that's not a great big fat alien. Oh, that's not a great big fat bear. <laughs> Where did he get a skinned bear? What? What? That's disturbing. It's horrible. That's really upsetting. He just had it ready. He could not have made that. But of course, the adults are completely unfazed by all this. The mom in the car sees the the bear moving. It's a giant, <laughs> little person sized bear. Yeah. Eric just says it's a robot, and she's like, "Oh wow, that's crazy! <laughs> like, what robot is that?" But I would love if the mom just looked, turned him. I'm not bright. <laughs> I'll buy any bullshit. Did you recognize mom? Mom was the mom from uh, Better Off Dead, Ricky's mom. Oh, was she? Yeah. Yeah, so she is good at playing clueless mom. <laughs> Very good, driving people around. Oh, wait. <laughs> was that a great big fat bear? Because <laughs> I have to get a little person inside of that costume standing up. Mom's question about Eric and the bear, how long have you two been together? <laughs> that's wow pretty progressive mom pretty I'd say progressive no judgment pretty progressive furries were appreciated in that neighborhood so they get to McDonald's this is where the movie really I have a whole lot of notes just about this this, this scene is sequence. bananas it's insane they pull up to the place there is breakdancing happening outside there in is the parking a lot. popping in the parking lot <laughs> Tree, uh, there is a choreographed breakdance number going on while a bunch of producers kids stand in a circle and make a utterly incompetent attempt to keep any kind of time. Yes. Like they are, it's like, okay, the direction was, okay, clap. Clap while this... No, uh, honey, can you clap to the beat? Use your hands. Clap to the beat, honey. <laughs> You're not using your hands again. No, that's you have to actually clap to the beat. My favorite part, though, of all this happening outside the McDonald's is when the men in black pull up, the, the men chasing to find out where the alien is. They look at what's happening, and I just imagine one going, Christ, Johnson, it's happening. It started. The alien has infected Earth. Everyone, just not comprehending what's happening at this McDonald's. This is a total McDonald's commercial, even though I don't think you ever actually see any food. But everyone is just dancing and partying and smiling in the McDonald's. It is young people from toddler to teen yes. of all races, and they are losing it. They're having a ball with Ronald McDonald inside. Just as Ronald Ringleader. McDonald is in there. Three football players in full Three. pads. Full pads. Full pads. Eye black. Eye black. 
And one of them's balding. <laughs> it just came from practice. I don't know what McDonald's you go to, Dan, <laughs> but this is pretty common practice at all the McDonald's I stop at. It's a weird amount of energy for kids who have been shoveling lard and mayonnaise into their bodies there all day. There are pop and lockers. <laughs> there are men in black. There are breakdancing football, football players. players. There are snobby ballerinas. But who's going to get up on the counter and solo a little bit? Oh, it's Mac, baby. <laughs> Mac jumps up on the counter in his bear outfits and starts dancing around. And everybody's on Mac now. Like, oh. we're all on Mac now. It's like the, it's like Can't Buy Me Love where the one person starts doing the African anteater ritual and the whole crowd automatically knows it. It's like everybody's just all in on this grotesque looking thing. No dancing. one is the least bit phased by this dancing robot bear. No one's leg warmers have fallen down. No, no one's one side ponies have spun around. It's great. all good. So now this all... The men in black come in, and they start chasing Eric. <laughs> Eric grabs Mac. Mac, like, pops away and, like, leaps away. Uh, Eric chases him and grabs him and puts him on his wheelchair. The men in black are chasing. The dancing just keeps going. It no, just spills right out onto the streets. Nobody at McDonald's cares. It just spills out onto the streets. Government goons are chasing a child in a wheelchair and also that magic robot bear you are all just clapping for. Yes, the magic robot bear, the men in black, the kid in the wheelchair are all absconding. No the, one's unfaced. The people no are dancing like it's the end of Greece, like, like we go together. They like, just keep blah, 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 blah. like they can't stop. <laughs> they cannot stop. I was just waiting for the news report that was like, Hundreds dead and the <laughs> city on fire as a dance party at McDonald's spirals out of control. Burgers poisoned, people in a dance coma, film at Mad 11. cow disease. So this insane breakdancing party at McDonald's starts another long chase, another long car chase, crashes everywhere, dozens murdered. There's a whole chase through Sears, more exploding appliances. Courtney, the McDonald's sister, somehow catches up with them as the government goons are about to gather them, scoops them up into the van. I have no idea how they even knew they were there, just knew they were at the Sears. Mac decides he wants to go to a Wix Furniture in Palmdale because that's how Mac spends his weekends. <laughs> so I think, should we go to the Wix in Palmdale? Sure, why not? So on the road, Mac gobbles down more Coke, gobbles down more Skittles, more just absolutely loving and adoring product placement. They reach a Wix billboard, which is some sort of a direction that is going to lead them to Mac's family. They take a right at the Wix billboard. They are suddenly surrounded by wild stallions. Their Volkswagen van tries to outrun the wild stallions. It takes them a while. I know it's probably an, an ad for Volkswagen, but the fact that you couldn't outrun a horse, that's an issue with the van. That's a design issue. So they reach a wind farm. Mac whistles into the wind farm. This helps him find his family, who are apparently dead. They're all just in a cave, lifeless and dead. Wait, no. They're not dead. They're alive. Coca-Cola heals them. They sip Coca-Cola and come back from the dead. That's insane, right? Coca-freaking-Cola. Not like, ah, I'm feeling a little low energy. I'm dead, dead, and they give him Coca-Cola, and they're fine. Tender moments now with the horrifying monsters. Uh, now there's a whole road trip where they're just goofing around with the horrifying monsters. They've had the entire family now, googly-eyed, 
daddy monster alien, heartwarming monster alien, horrifying. There's mom. There's little sister and Max there too, and they're all just singing ninety nine bottles of beer on the wall, yes. or fucking whatever. Road tripping. <laughs> they're just road tripping. They're going to see the game. biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> they reach a gas station. You thought that McDonald's sequence was... This movie gets batshit crazy from here on out. I gotta be honest. I checked out after the McDonald's thing. I really just had to look in the <laughs> I mirror. Fill you I in. had to look in the mirror a little bit. So they stop at a gas station. The aliens are in the van. The aliens look over, and there is a woman drinking, I believe, a Sprite or whatever is the oh, Coca-Cola yeah. brand of product. The aliens are looking at it. She looks at the aliens. is kind of like, uh-huh, okay, whatever. Goes back, sips her soda... The aliens smash through the, the window. Dad assaults the woman. Assaults her. Steals her whatever. At which point she starts screaming. The mere presence of aliens. Not disturbing. You stole my soda. That gives life. That scream, though, was sleepaway camp level. <laughs> the, the, the girl who saw the boat accident at the beginning. I just wanted to see a cut to a random guy go, John. So the aliens sleepaway now. Sleepaway camp episode something. 20. Uh, Four? 24. 24. Yeah. Let's go with that. 23 to 24. It's in that range. 23 to 24. Check them all out. They're all good. So while the kids are now in the store buying more Coke, the aliens now wander off. They just wander off. They walk into a supermarket. All of the guards in the supermarket are armed. Yes. And there's a right. lot of them. <laughs> this is like you're asking for trouble here. The manager is pissed at these aliens in the supermarket. So right away, almost the second they step into the supermarket, there is an armed standoff. The dad somehow gets a gun. The dad, <laughs> dad alien, genitalist dad alien, gets a gun. There's a cops around him within seconds. They step outside. There's SWAT teams. Yes, it took them like thirty seconds. The response <laughs> time in this tiny little suburb is amazing. It seems as though the cops are gonna rain gunfire upon them. The aliens are wandering away. Eric is worried. I got to protect him. I got to protect him. Eric wheels out into the middle of this. There's a whole bunch of confusion. Cops shoot. Aliens shoot. Who shot first? We'll never know, right? There's a a grassy knoll. There's a whole thing in there. There's a little bit of reasonable doubt. But Eric is shot. Yes. The van explodes. And the entire supermarket explodes. Eric takes a bullet Eric takes in a this bullet. movie. And it has been revealed, and I'll, I will put this clip on the show page for this episode. In the foreign versions, the uncut version, you can actually see Eric getting shot. This 11-year-old child with Spider-Dinada getting shot! Because he rolls out, a cop trips over a bumper trying to get him and just shoots him in the back, at which point his head, he goes limp and just rolls right out there, (laughs) which is why it looks so crazy when he rolls out there. But he just rolls out, and then all of a sudden the van and the entire shopping mall just explodes. Uh Eric's dead. Yes. Quite a total shift. We were just partying at McDonald's like five minutes ago. I wonder if that was like just the director being like, you know what? I know this isn't in the script, but I got to get this fucking kid out of this movie. He is sucking the energy out of this movie like an alien with a straw on a barren planet. So Eric is dead. Dead. His family weeps over his body. Mom comes down in a copter. Mom has had a rough couple days. She had to have been in the air at the... Hovering over at the exact time that this happened for her to be at the scene all of a sudden in a helicopter. How did that happen? (laughs) She's just like, we're looking for him everywhere. Oh, no, they're literally right below us. So the aliens now, we see the flames, the aliens 
as the John Williams-esque swells yeah. are just pooped all over the soundtrack. Aliens emerge from the flames. They lurch and crawl and shift out of the flames. They walk like they haven't wiped after using the bathroom. <laughs> no scratches on them. They're completely nope, they're fine. Good. Remember, they cannot be harmed cannot in die. any way. So that's fun. The aliens now gather around Eric. They form an alien prayer circle. They all hold hands. Because remember, they talk through whistles. This scene goes Magic for, lights. This scene goes for like 10 minutes. It goes on way longer than it needs to. Mr. Guy rubbing a child's chest. And suddenly, Eric levitates, and he is fine. Yeah. Boom. So now we go to Coda. X months later, it's never explained. Nope. The aliens... We're at a naturalization ceremony. They're taking their citizenship oath. Their American citizenship oath. And the genitalist, genitalist yes. aliens... Yes. Have now been gender normalized through their clothing. There was like when suits, they, dresses. They met with the citizenship attorney. Was like, "What are you guys going to need to be a girl?" I'm sorry, <laughs> that's just not how we do it here. <laughs> it is 1988. It is not going to go down. One's a boy, one's a girl. Boy, this is America. <laughs> You're going to have to wear suits and trousers like a man. Stop whistling at me, boy. Put on them trousers. <laughs> They're wearing. 50s clothes, like the bomb is wearing like June Cleaver clothes. Yeah. The little uh, Mac is wearing a McKids a shirt, which is a branded McDonald's clothing that was sold in where at the time? Motherfucking Sears, baby! It Synergy, all, yeah! It's all tied in. Oh, and that just doesn't warm your heart, like warm, like with rage. The dad is. Alien is dressed like a pimp because he's got like he's got a big, blue suit, big lapel collars, pimp suit. Then gets into a pink big Cadillac. Cadillac, pink Cadillac. Pulls up to a curb, collects some money from some of his working girls. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. We see Mac. He blows a bubble. Sure. So, I mean, that's like one of two things that a puckered mouth. I think can I do. was crying openly at this part <laughs> as they drive away. Not from the movie, just from the state of my life. There's a long shot, and a bubble pops out of the car, and it says, "We'll be back," uh, which is a threat in most states. But it was a threat that never actually happened. It was much like the Cold War. Much like what? Much like the Cold War. It was all about <laughs> the threat. It was not about the action. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This Never, movie's that's deep. what this whole podcast is actually about. <laughs> this movie is straight deep. That's it. That's the movie. That's it. That's, that's Mac, Mac and me. me. So Corky, let's wrap up this sucker. Daniel. Ratings for the show. Let me remind everyone. Dare for your run of the mill bad movie, a double dare for a next level bad movie, reverse dare for a movie that we actually think is pretty good. Corky, get the Big Mac out your mouth and talk to me about what rating you're gonna give to Mac and me. Dan, you are a tomato meter approved critic. We've established that. I like to think so. I am good at judging puberty levels in children. <laughs> That's in I movies. I do not like to think about that at all. I like to think of the marriage of those two things. No. Do not marry puberty. No. no, but much like a Big Mac, much like a double cheeseburger, this is a double dare with extra sauce. Special sauce. Though. Special sauce. And for me, that special sauce, it's worth a little extra something. I'm going to give it a dare. It is singular. As I was saying, it, uh, to me, it reminds me a lot of Rawhead Rex in the sense that you could never possibly in any way make a good movie with that as your creature, right? No. Like, you've, you cannot possibly get there. And yet at the same time, 
watched this with my wife. We laughed a whole lot, just like we laughed a whole lot at Rawhead Rest. Maybe it's because I was alone. Maybe it's because I was in San Jose. Yes. I don't know. Maybe it's because I had a bad You had eight McDLTs that night. <laughs> experience before it, but... The worst thing about this movie is how, how many McGriddles did you have while watching this movie? Be how honest. fucking boring this movie is! It's quite boring, except it's for so, a few scenes that are absolutely bananas. There weren't bonkers. the moments like Rawhead Rex just had me bananas laughing or China Salesman, ugh, just grossed out. Well, can I just say that I have actually converted to whatever religion the aliens belong to that makes them bring children back from the death. Really? So you have insulted my religion, and this show is officially a hate crime. <laughs> so, good job. Um, the one thing I will say is that Christina Ebersol actually did a, kind of a good job in this movie. And <laughs> what? For as much... Despite herself. I had somebody... I saw somebody shouting at Christina Ebersol about a creature. I could just imagine Salieri being cast in this. The creature was touching her. Him talking about Mozart as the creature. I wanted to see that scene. <laughs> With Salieri casting the Eric role of Mac and me. You cast F. Murray Abraham as Salieri I can as see Eric that. No, in I this can movie. see that. I might give it a dare. Tom Holtz as Mac. No. No Holtz, baby. No Holtz. Just F. Murray Abraham. No Holtz Bard. No Holtz Bard. <laughs> uh, double dare. Full double dare. I'm giving it a if dare. You, hold on. If you didn't watch this movie as a child... Watch it now. And had some kind of like nostalgic, oh, that was so bad. Have eight McGriddles. There's not enough in it to make it bad, uh, fun bad. Yeah. So double dare. All right. So that's how we have on you on this very special episode of Dear Daniel. It was pretty recorded. special. It was very special. I don't mean to talk over you. Extra special talk sauce. Talk over. Special? Talk. Sauce. Over. Quirky always. <laughs> ah. That's all we have for you on this extra special sauce episode of Dear Daniel recorded at Sac City Brews Neighborhood Tap House. Thank you, Sac City Brews. Thank you very much. I'm about to have some uh, fries with curry ketchup. Nice. Yeah. Do it. But we'll be back in two weeks to review another one of your movie dears. You guys are sending those hot and heavy, and we love you for it. Until then, send your most sadistic or altruistic movie dares to us at daredaniel.com. Be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like and rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can read more of my movie reviews on the blog at DearDaniel.com. I'm Tomato Meter approved. Tomato Meters look at me and they're like, this guy. I'd <laughs> like to cut his jib. He's a hothouse. He's fine. I did not have an issue with you. Corky. Yes. Where can people find you breakdancing in a parking lot? You can find me popping locking in my... Board ballerina slash fay footballer outfit <laughs> any Friday and Saturday at the Sacramento Comedy Spot or in San Jose nightclubs where I'll be oh, don't questioning come there. my existence. He gets super depressed at those shows, you guys. <laughs> Do not go to his, his Silicon Valley stuff is a bummer. With my dour-looking space monkeys, sea monkeys, <laughs> friends. Oh, I hated this fucking movie. Our producer is Johnny Shop at Wix Furniture Flores. And I'm Corky McDonald saying, talking. <laughs>